This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. You are on The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Lawson, Double L Team, right here. We're about to bring you Encounter with God, but before we do, the quiz has been solved. Yeah, shout out Nick from Sale, who's got the quiz correct. Well done, Nick. Congratulations. Of course, the answer was First John. It was indeed. Which is a book that is very much, it doesn't have, you know, the First Corinthians 13 love chapter in it, but it is very much about love. It's about a lot of things. It's, it's just a this is a fantastic book of the Bible that you should read. Um, oh, well. I was going to say, seeing as we've got time for a second quiz today, and seeing as we already had one clue from the other one, can we do the other? What, what book am I? Okay, yeah, sure. And let's, let's do a couple of clues now to, to do a bit of catch-up, all right? So... What book am I? Qu- uh, no, you're incorrect. Oh, what? Um, so, quote. So I like I accidentally skipped a bunch of clues because I thought I was on the right clue. But, so I'm going to do some catch up clues. All okay. Right, catch up clues. Okay. What book am I? Examine yourselves to see whether you have of the faith. Test yourselves. Um, the author of this book warns that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light, and quote the weapons we fight with. Uh, not weapons, uh, not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Oh, he's... I'm writing stuff down here. If I can remember how to spell. You're a genius. Yeah, you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Took a little bit of effort there, but we got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, usually, of course I'm a genius. Oh no, usually you should know this already. You throw Lawson. out like one wrong clue, then you just get on a really bad track. But you just you just really compose yourself and like two wrong clues, two sorry, two wrong guesses, and then you know got there in the end. I'm, I'm Lyle, I'm proud of you. Thank you, Lawson. I, I need it. I need that positive affirmation this morning. But if I'm, you know the answer to the quiz, one eight hundred. I'm now ready, ready to face the day. Four, three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's encounter with God time, which means we get into our. Bible study. Where did my Bible go? Who's run off with my Bible? Here, here it is. I found it. How do we have a Bible study? We are in the book of Daniel, which is just, I am so happy. I'm just so happy. Yeah. We're studying the book of Daniel. It's just the best. And we have been looking at uh, Daniel chapter 2. I think we got up to verse 29. So to give a bit of background, Nebuchadnezzar, who is a pagan nature-worshipping king has been made a prophet of God mm. and he's not even converted yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, which is kind of bizarre. So you think about that, um, you have a situation where I think sometimes we limit God. Like, oh, God could never possibly do that. That can't be God working. That must be Satan. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? God can do weird things because God is sovereign and mm-hmm. God can surprise us at times. And here God reaches out to this guy because he sees in this guy a genuine character. Mm-hmm. He's a psycho. Um, he's a genius. But he's a genuine person and God is God is reaching out to him. Mm. And it's going to take some time, but it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And it's going to work in the most 
astounding way that we're going to find further out on in the book of Daniel. But before we do, this is Nebuchadnezzar's first real upfront, close, personal encounter with God. And we were talking earlier with uh, Dr. John Ashton about uh, supernatural events that take place around the world. And how that, you know, science likes to say that the supernatural doesn't exist. And yet when you talk to Christians, it's hard to find a Christian who has not experienced the supernatural Mm. at some point. And that's a lot of evidence. How many billion Christians are there in the world? Mm. And you're going to write off every single one of those? Mm. Because out of all of those, and those are the ones that are living right now, so let's say, uh, how many billion Christians are there, Lawson? I can't, I can't remember. As a, what is it, 1.6 or I need 1. to. We need to find 9, out. We two, need to find this out. Two, three. Hang on. Let me just type it in here. <laughs> Five? No, that, that, that'd be a bit of an overstatement. Okay, come on, come on. Why is my computer thinking slowly? Because I just want to do a little bit of a, uh, a, little bit of a calculation right here. Oh, sorry. What, what? 2.18. 2.18. Oh, shout out, Matty. Shout out, Maddie, who's in here producing today. He's on the ball. 2.18 billion Christians. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's be conservative. Okay. And let's say that out of those 2.18, only 2 billion have ever experienced the supernatural. <laughs> conservative. Sure. Yeah. If you're going to be scientific, and if you're going to use evidence, mm. that's a lot of evidence. Mm. That's a lot of personal testimony. If you were in a court case and two billion witnesses turned up with the same testimony and said, yes, the supernatural exists because we've experienced it and gave a personal eyewitness testimony of experiencing the supernatural in their life. If you're a jury listening to that, what are you going to say? Oh, it's going to be very compelling. Two billion? Yeah. Very com- That's like the understatement of the year. I don't, I don't know. Like, How do you even state it to, to more play? than very... Com- it's just like, I, what do you do with that? But this is the thing. Okay, I'm going to play... I hate using this word because it's just... Okay, give, a, here comes the devil's advocate. Dev, devil's advocate. Right. Okay. Yes. Could it be just confirmation bias? That's a very good point. And I think that a lot of these kinds of experiences are confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. However, yes, you've got at least 2 billion. Mm. All you need out of that 2 billion is one of them to be real and God exists. Yeah. You only need one to be real. Mm. You know, even if all of the rest of them are not real. You only need one and, and that's like, actually real. And the number of testimonies I've heard from people who were just so uninterested in God and would have no reason for confirmation bias, yet they've had a spiritual, supernatural experience that has led them to faith. Like when they could go anywhere else and explain it in any other way um, because they're that kind of person. But it's that... that experience has been so explicit and so clear and so impactful in their life that has completely changed their life. Like that is the real, that is the the miracle of the human experience is, you know, for someone who is going in one direction, who has, you know, uh, yeah, like has absolutely no reason to change, to change, to change 
everything, you know, and, and we know that, you know, in terms of Christianity, that's called repentance. Um, for someone to volitionally make that decision, like there just has to be a motivating force there that's real. Like, you know, it's cause and effect. And so, and so, yeah, like, because I, I, that's something I've thought about, like when people talk about miracles, because I'm like, I'm not like a huge, like, yeah, I, I, I fully believe in miracles and I've experienced miracles in my life, but I'm not the kind of miracle guy, if you know what I mean. I'm not like... Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't I don't often... I don't, I don't use miracles as uh, evidence for things because, you know, the supernatural... You know, the supernatural is one of those things that, that uh, exists in two spheres, the good and the evil. Mm. So miracle is not a proof of something being genuine. And so, you know, I base my faith on the word of God because that is you know, very, very testable, and particularly a prophecy like this, mm. which is very, very testable. Oh, man, but yeah, it's just, yeah, we, yeah, we have the ability to to just see the outcomes of those miracles. Because as the Bible says, the Holy Spirit moves where it may, um, and, you know, it goes here and there, and it's like the wind. We don't see the wind, but we see the effects of the wind, and the Holy Spirit is exactly the same, and it's like, and yeah, so it's it's powerful in that way that not only did this miracle happen, but it had such an effect. And I'm like, that is the evidence, you know, that is like a huge part of it that that people often don't think about, you know, that 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 scientists often like to exclude. It's like, okay, you claim this miracle happened, it could have or it couldn't have, but then you're just like, okay, well, look at the effect of what happened as a result of that particular miracle or that supernatural experience. That is the most impressive thing to me. Um, that's when you can sort of tell genuinity is like, wow, this has completely changed someone's life or someone's circumstances or whatever it may be. Um, so it's, yeah, oh, man, I love it. I love it. Awesome. All right. It is. It is truly amazing. Okay. We've been talking about that and haven't even got into uh, read our first verse yet. Why don't you read a verse for us there, Lawson? Okay. Where were we looking? Verse uh, 29. 29. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events. He who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. Okay, what is going to happen in the last days, mind you, it says in the King James Version. Mm. What is going to happen at the very end of time has been given to Nebuchadnezzar. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, Lawson, continue on for us there with verse 30. Hold on, I just need to get me. I just need to get my new King James. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, it's going to be a little bit like this. As we go through this particular encounter with God, I know that there are some lovers of the NLT out there. Mm. But seeing as Lawson has memorized the Book of Daniel in the New King James, and well, not the whole Book of Daniel, but I'm memorizing Daniel two at the moment in New King, King, James, King James, and it's messing with his head. Yeah. <laughs> at least for this chapter, you're going to get New King James, and of course, as always, you will get KJV from me. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Um, so he, yeah, he lets uh, as we just read, um, he God has revealed to you what is going to happen in the end time. Um, but as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. But for our sakes, um, who make known the interpretation of the king, and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. Okay, so this vision here is very clearly laid down as evidence. Mm. It's evidence to Nebuchadnezzar first and foremost, but it's evidence for all those who would come after of the power of God. Mm. Throughout the Bible, God claims to know the future, and throughout the Bible, God predicts the future. But in this one place, we have a prophecy that is so far-reaching. Mm. 
and so powerful and so incredibly unlikely, it is almost mind-boggling when you actually discover what it says. Mm. Uh, and it's been revealed to Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar is the one who, yeah, he gets he gets the answer to this particular secret. Um, <clears throat> and we're going to read what it's all about. All right, let's continue on. Verse 31. Verse 31. You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away, so no trace was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Ah, it's such a cool dream. Lawson, have you ever had a dream anything like this before? No, but I had a dream last night that I remember. <laughs> oh, for the first time probably in, in about a year, I've had a dream that I remember. And it was that I was driving into an intersection and all the tires in my car went flat. But no, I've never had a dream. <laughs> so I wonder what the meaning of that dream is. All like. the tires of my car and all the cars around me went flat and then all these cars started rolling over. So And then did uh then did some, you know, flying saucer come down and beam you up and all that kind of thing? No, but I tried to fix my car and I only had one spare and it was I was <laughs> like, man, this is so lame. Uh, but, but no, I but this is this is a new level. This okay, is this like... is all right. Now, 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 place yourself in Nebuchadnezzar's shoes. Mm. I want you to think about this for a moment. He's a young man. He's a few, maybe five years older than what you are, something like that. Mm. He's the ruler of the world mm-hmm. at that time, the civilized world. He's the most powerful person on the planet. He's sitting there on his throne. And he's got a teenage kid standing in front of him and telling him something that he dreamed several nights before. Mm. And I don't know about you, but the first thought that would go through my mind would be, okay, that's an incredible, you know, how? How does he actually know that? Yeah. Because I don't even know. He's sharing with me something that I didn't even know. You know, I knew while I was asleep. And I haven't known. So it's not like you can, you know, glean this information from harem gossip. Mm. This is this is something that Nebuchadnezzar himself did not know. But when he hears it, he knows that he knew it. Yeah. And it's so compelling. It, it kind of reminds me of like a magic trick. You know when someone does like a really epic card trick uh-huh. and they just blow your mind. You're yes. just sitting there and like, you're just like, that's impossible. How did that even happen? Uh-huh. But it's like... It's all just sleight of hand and but that's mathematical the, equations. That's the thing is that you understand that obviously there's some possible way for this to happen because, you know, th- that's the thing. It's that, it's, it's that person's card trick that they've practiced and they're performing. Whereas this here with Daniel, like this, you know this is something that actually is fully impossible. Like, I'd assume... Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, being in relationship to, like, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, spending time with the the wise men of Babylon and and having them as advisors, they'd probably... And as we read at the start of the chapter, they'd call themselves out to be frauds. 
um, Nebuchadnezzar had probably been exposed to their kind of magic in a way that, you know, and, and as he has decided to kill them all because they're all frauds, he's probably gone over in his head like all the times in which they had advised him in a supernatural way. He's probably gone like, oh, yeah, there's an explanation for that. There's an explanation. So if anything, at this point, Nebuchadnezzar is hardened to the presence of God and, and, and supernaturality so. and all these things because he's like, oh, yeah, it's all just a trick. <clears throat> it's all just a lie. But then Daniel, what Daniel has pulled off here is genuinely unexplainable. Like Because he doesn't even remember until he hears it <laughs> what he had dreamed. Exactly. Like it's just like this is this is beyond sleight of hand. This is beyond, you know, some kind of explanation. This is just like literally impossible. Uh-huh. And and you'd just imagine that It's so impossible that his other counsellors, his other wise men, could not even come close to it when their lives were on the line. Yeah, well. Mm. That's you know, it. They just when, like, when somebody's life is on the line and they can't do it, and they just say no, I can't do it. You know, it's seriously impossible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This is this is this is next level. <laughs> yeah. To use a Lawsonism. <laughs> right yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. All right. So let's actually go through the dream. He sees a metallic image, mm-hmm. but it's not entirely metallic. It is made up of different metals: head of gold, chest of silver, thighs of brass, legs of iron. And the feet are made up of a mixture of iron and clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he sees a rock. So you've got basically what you've got is uh, gold, silver, brass, iron, clay, stone, in that order. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were to think about these symbolically, because Daniel is about to give the interpretation, what is significant about the metals that are used and the order in which they come? Mm, they're, they're decreasing in value. Okay, so they're decreasing in value. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they increasing in? Um, uh, abundance. Okay, so yes, when you come down to the, the legs, they cover a lot. They're, you know, they're obviously long and they cover a, a fair portion of it. But they're also increasing in strength. Have you ever seen someone go to war, for instance, with a golden sword? No. no. And why would they not do that? Uh, because you would try and slice someone's head off and it would bend in half. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so they are decreasing in value, but mm-hmm. increasing in strength. So that's mm. an interesting observation to make. Okay, in terms of the metals, I was like, because clay, clay is not stronger than iron. Ah, Yes. But if you mix clay and iron together, mm-hmm. and the Bible says miry clay, mm-hmm. what do you think about this? That's sloppy clay. Mm-hmm. There is an era of iron and clay. Sloppy clay and iron mixed together, we could call concrete. Oh, there you go. And we live in a concrete age. Yes. Which is interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Think of, wrap your head around that for a moment. Okay, wow. There's some, there's some symbolism there to delve into that we will possibly delve into further on as we uh, work our way through, but we need to make these uh, observations to begin with. Um, okay, so here we have a prophecy. It is a prophecy that is given to us in symbols, symbols in metals. How do you go about interpreting prophecy? Do you sit here and think really, 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 really hard and then make a statement and say, well, it looks to be, appears to be something like... And spit out an interpretation. Mm, 
Is that is that a wise that. way? You could do that you could. if you were a heretic. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so looks like, sounds like, is not a way of interpreting prophecy, no, is it? No, it is not. It is not. Mm-hmm. How do you interpret prophecy? You let the Bible do it. Okay, so the answer to that question is you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't interpret prophecy because the Bible interprets itself and you have to have the Bible as its own interpreter. So if you want to find out what these symbols symbolize, you need to find out not what somebody thinks they symbolize, but what the Bible actually says they symbolize. Because when you know what the Mm. Bible says, you know what the truth is. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. From whom all blessings flow Praise Him, all creatures here below Praise Him above the heavenly host Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost Welcome back to Faith FM, continuing on into our encounter with God. But before we do, of course, we need a clue for the quiz. We do indeed. So, uh, give us a clue there, Lawson. What do you got? Right. What book am I? Quote, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us. No, this is the... Ro- Man, <laughs> You're on a roll today. Oh, come on. You're on okay. a roll today. Okay, no. Okay. In the... T- so that, that, just forget that. That was the first John one. That was the first John one from before. Okay. So bleach your brain from that one. Okay. Here we go. What this book one. am I? In the 12th chapter of this book, Paul mentions his thorn in the flesh. Okay. There you go. Thorn in his flesh. A disease that he prayed for healing from three times. Mm-hmm. And God said no. Mm. Sometimes God says no when it comes to healing. If God never said no, people would never die. Yes. That's pretty much that simple. Mm-hmm. So sometimes God is going to say no for each one of us. Mm. Um, but God often says yes as well. 
Yes. Okay, so where are we up to? We were in... Oh, so we were talking about uh, these metals and how to interpret Bible prophecy and how the Bible has to interpret itself. And we have metals that are symbols that are in metals and we have decreasing value, increasing strength. We have this weird thing of clay coming in in the middle of it and then a massive rock at the end. Let's get an interpretation. Lawson, can you read for us verse 37 and 38, please? Okay. <clears throat> this is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the kingdom, uh, sorry, wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand. He has made you ruler over over all of them. You are this head of gold. Okay, so place yourself in Nebuchadnezzar's shoes right now. Mm-hmm. First of all, you've had the teenage kid walk in and say, I have the answer. Uh-huh. A gutsy move. You're going to uh, either advance very, very far in the next few minutes or die mm-hmm. in the next few minutes. This young kid is not flinching. He's not scared. He's not worried. He has just bucket loads of confidence. Mm. And his confidence, he proclaims, is in God. Mm. And at the same time, he takes a shot at your cabinet, which, okay, yeah, you have just decreed the death penalty on your cabinet. But they are your cabinet, and they are Chaldeans, and he is a Jewish slave. I was so bummed that I wasn't here yesterday and didn't get to read that part, because it's like my favorite part, like verse... uh, Can't the wise men, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers answer the king? Yeah, can't all of these old wise people do so? And you're asking a teenage kid to do so? And then in verse 28... I have that highlighted in my Bible. It's like, but there is a God in heaven. So good. It's oh. just that. It's just the the best phrase ever. Mm. Okay, so you're Nebuchadnezzar. You hear this statement. It's like, okay, what's going on here? Mm. And then this kid starts to tell you what you dreamed several nights before. Just starts dropping bombs, dude. And it's like, really, what's going on here? Yeah. And then the kid comes out with this statement. You, O king, are a king of kings for the God of heaven. Yahweh, not Marduk, not mm. Bel, not either Babylonian gods, but the God of heaven has given you a kingdom strength and glory and wherever you know the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven has you know, given them to your hand, has made you rule over them all. You are this head of gold. At this particular point, my emotions are going backwards and forwards. First of all, it's like, all right, what's this kid doing here? Then it's like, okay, he just took a shot at my system of government, which I know is flawed, but he shouldn't be taking a shot at it. <laughs> then it's like, wait a minute, what just happened? He told me what I dreamed. And then it's like back to, oh, okay, he's just pouring on flattery again. Mm. He's saying lots and lots of really nice things about me. And he says that his God is the one who did that. Mm. So at that particular point, I'm sort of like, huh? And then the next verse comes And this time it's another massive bombshell Mm. And the reason it's a bombshell is this What you need to understand is that The uh, counsellors of these kings in these days If they valued their life Always gave a positive report to the king Mm. You're never going to have a situation Where the king has a dream And they say, well, you know The omens say that you're a terrible person And your kingdom's not going to last forever Mm. 
all of the omens would say, the omens would say, okay, don't do this or do do that. But there would never be an omen that would say, your kingdom will not last forever. Mm. He comes in, he comes, sorry. Oh, that's just that's just an interesting like point about like how they thought that their gods were at war rather than themselves because it's like the omens you know the god always wanted the best for them and that's why the the, the omens were always good until that god was defeated so that that kind of makes sense that's interesting it well, is. what were you gonna say um, <coughs> read the first line of the next verse oh yeah <laughs> but after you shall arise another kingdom inferior. To yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you're Nebuchadnezzar and you've just been slapped in the face. Yeah. So you've gone from, you know, you, you just see this whole roller coaster of emotions here. I got a I got an upstart kid who's way too confident. He's either gonna die or be incredibly famous in the next couple of minutes. Okay. Um, all right, he just took a shot at my cabinet and my mm-hmm. whole system of government. Okay. Um, he's about to die. Wait a minute, he's telling me what I dreamed, what is going on here. Oh, now he's back to flattering me. And now he just slapped me in the face. (laughs) Dude, that's heavy, bro. It's up and down all over the place, isn't it? But what it does have, once Daniel gets to this point, is it does have a ring of authenticity Mm. that he would never have received from any of his other counselors. Yeah, wow. He has so much credibility, like Daniel. It's it's, it's, It's... it's like Daniel is just stating, these are the facts. Mm. You might not like it, but these are the facts. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is also a historian. Mm. And he knows that history is cyclical. And he is a realist. And uh, he would know that when his wise men come in and say, oh, king live forever, that he's not going to live forever. Mm-hmm. And when his wise men come in and say, your empire shall last forever, that it won't. Mm. But nobody tells him that except for this kid. So this kid is being super honest with him. Mm. All right. Uh, finish out that verse for us. Okay. Oh, uh, and by the way, by the way, to add to the slap in the face is not just another kingdom is coming along that is uh, going to conquer your kingdom that is a bigger and more powerful one. Oh, no. An inferior, an inferior kingdom. kingdom. Infer- silver. Going from gold to silver. Mm. And then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. First line of the next verse. Um, and a fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron in as much as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all others. Okay, so uh, he slapped him in the face and he's like, you know what, you've got a golden kingdom, but it's going to be destroyed by a silver one and then a bronze one and then an iron one. In other words, it's going to go downhill from here. Mm. As far as wealth goes... Mm-hmm. But not necessarily as far as strength goes, because mm-hmm. the strength is increasing as you go down. And this is yeah. exactly what you're going to find. And so more or less what Daniel says is, okay, you're all over Babylon. Uh, Babylon rules over the civilized world right now. There's going to be an empire that follows you. There's, In fact, there's going to be four. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're a student of history. Nebuchadnezzar is not ignorant of history. Um, he's got 2,000 years of history sitting right there, you know, the, the, as we mentioned earlier. These were parts of the world that were incredibly old. Mm. It's like, okay, so Daniel's come in here and said that history is cyclical. So what? The so what is going to come tomorrow where we talk about where Daniel comes out with the most outlandish statement that you can imagine that has a direct effect on us today. Wow.
stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and dine with him and he Don't you let him in today? Can you hear him calling? Can you hear him calling? Can you hear him calling? He is calling out your name. you open it wide and let him inside knock knock knocking at the door of your heart he is waiting patiently he wants to be with you to meet with you to you let him in today 
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. Traveling days are 
You're listening to Marion Blythe Peppers with I Heard the Voice of Jesus here on The Breakfast Show. Lawson, we've got another yes. clue for our quiz. And then oh. uh, so second quiz, second what book and my quiz. Um, and then we will jump in. We've got anything left there? Yes, we do. This is the second letter um, we have. Sorry, this is the second letter we have that Paul wrote to this church. Yes. Okay, so it's one of those first and second books. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, question of the day. What have you got for us, Lawson? Oh, man, we've been talking about this in the break. Been Deep ph- philosophical questions. Philosophizing. Um, Lyle, why does the Bible say that God created sin? Say that again. Why does the Bible say that God created evil? Are you sure the Bible says that? It might. I think it does. I think we just read that verse <laughs> okay, in Isaiah. We we okay, so Isaiah chapter 45, and somebody wants to know, why does the Bible say that God creates evil? So Isaiah, Isaiah 45 and verse 7 says this, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Mm. Now, I thought it was only Satan who created evil, but here the Bible says that God creates evil. So this is a fascinating question. I'm glad somebody's asked it. It is something that we need to uh, delve into and we need to understand. What is the Bible talking about here? Because this is the kind of verse that, you know, atheists love to pick fun at the Bible and throw this one up at you and say, hey, how are you going to answer this one? Okay, you answer this one, first of all, by looking at the context, because before God makes this almost outlandish statement where he says, I create evil, he has given you context within which you can understand that statement. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is the context. I form the light and create darkness. That's Mm. his context. Okay, let's think about this. How does God create darkness? God creates darkness by creating light. Mm. If you create light, is it possible for darkness not to exist? No, darkness is going to exist Mm -hmm. because you're going to have shadows at the very least. So merely by the fact that light exists, darkness exists also. You can't have one without the other. All right? Mm. And so did God come along and say, hey, I'm going to have darkness. This is going to be a new thing. Boom, and there's darkness. No, God comes along and he creates light. And the moment that God creates light, there are shadows and those shadows look beautiful and they highlight certain features and they make you know, life worth living because um, shadows, you know, they, they, they're great within their context. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but God has created those shadows, not by saying, you know, I'm going to create shadows, but by creating light. Mm. Then having given you that context, he says, I create peace and evil. How does God create evil? He creates evil in the same way that he creates shadows. Except evil is evil. There's nothing evil about a shadow. But in exactly the same way. By creating morality. By having morality. By default, you cannot avoid the fact that there is now such a thing as immorality. If God had never created light, darkness would never have existed. If God had never created morality, immorality would never have existed. Immorality exists because morality exists. Now, here's another way of looking at it as well. Um, God created the power of choice. And when God creates the power of choice, 
uh, he has by default created the possibility. And I would go so far as to say in an infinite universe, the inevitability of evil. So when God comes along to create, he has the option. He's like, okay, um, I can not create morality. I can not create right and wrong. I can create beings that just, you know, they just always do what they are programmed to do and evil never exists. If he does so, there is no power of choice. There is no love. Love does not exist. God has eradicated the existence of love from the universe. The Bible says that God is love and so God could never do that. So God comes along and is like, no. I want people to experience love. I want them to be able to love each other. I want them to be able to love me. I want them to be able to love their children, their spouses, whoever else it might be. Love is the greatest thing, so let's have love. All right, the only way we can have love is to have the power of choice. Okay, if we're going to have the power of choice, that's going to cost my cost me my life. But, well, love is such a great thing. Let's work. name let angels prostrate fall bring forth the royal diadem and crown him lord of all bring forth the royal diadem and crown him lord Seat of Israel's race, he ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of Let every kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial ball To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord Welcome back to Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show this morning, Wow. That was all Hail the Power of Jesus' name that you were listening to, and oh, yeah, we are going to coming to the end of our show. We're going to give something away, and we've been doing the same giveaway all week because it is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Documentary entitled Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. So this is a uh, doco that was put together a couple of years ago, something like that. Um, it has 
uh, historians, it has theologians, it has expositors, it has eschatologicalists, um, basically experts from all over the world being interviewed um, in relationship to the prophecy of Daniel chapter 2 that we've been studying. Mm. Looking at it from a very much an evidence-based perspective and you know, discovering, you know, basically asking the question, does the supernatural exist? Can the Bible be true? Mm. And it's the kind of documentary, you know, professional, fully professional documentary, it will absolutely blow your mind yeah. with the conclusions that it comes to. We've been going through Daniel chapter 2 here, and the information that we've been learning has been astounding. We've only been able to scratch the surface of all of the information that you'll find in Daniel chapter 2. But it's going to be just once once you once you get to this doco, you're going to have all of the blanks filled in. So give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Yeah, we have come to the end of our show, unfortunately. But we'll be back tomorrow morning. So stay uh, stay tuned to some more great programming coming up after this on Faith FM. And remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith. And you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. This means faith of them.
The Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world to keep you. To see if you're willing to open the door. Oh, how he wants to come in. If you take. Step toward the Savior, my friend. You'll find His arms open wide. Receive
to 